I know exactly. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, you know what happened? You know what happened the first time I attempted a burpee? Which, this is like, there was days when I was in really like good... my arms were going to fall off. <laughs> or die, really, like, bin in half. Yeah. What was really funny for me is that even when I was, like, in really good shape and I was doing, like, P90X and I was, like, seriously 180 pounds and just almost pure muscle, I was in great shape. And uh, Angry! <laughs> and I never did a burpee then. So the first time I ever tried to do a burpee was probably, like, two months, three months ago. When I'm clearly not in good shape, and I laughed, I went down to do it, and I just started laughing. It's like this is literally gonna last maybe one or two burpees before I have to give this up. But uh, so I just I just started cracking up. I was like, this is impossible. Yeah, burpees suck. But uh, no, I, there's this thing called class pass. I'm signing up Cla- for class class pass, and what it is, it's like for fifty. Thank you, Class Pass, for sponsoring this episode. That's uh, how you got a you got a code for us, our <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I should find a other. <laughs> you know what we should do? I should find another podcast that has like people as sponsors and have a legitimate code, but the code isn't like specific to their podcast, and just claim it's ours, yeah. and just start pawning that off. But no, uh, ClassPass is like fifty bucks. They probably love that. They really, they would. They probably they're wouldn't gonna, give a fuck. They're gonna get more money <laughs> off it. I'm using their code. We would look professional. Uh, no, uh, but uh, it's like fifty bucks. It's like two tiers. There's like a twenty month, fifty buck a month, and then like a hundred and fifty a month. And essentially what it is, for 50 bucks a month, you get 11 classes a month. Yeah. For 150, you get unlimited a month or something like that. And what it is, is it gives you access to fitness studios all across your area. So you can use the class pass to get into title boxing, to get into Soul Cycle, to get into Health House, to get into all those different places. What the fuck is Health House? Health House is like, have you heard of Orange Theory before? It's like the vegan of all workout places. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> have, you, have, you, well, have you heard Have you heard of uh, Orange Theory before? It's like a rowing machine We're place. talking yogurt? Some, <laughs> some uh, frozen yogurt? Some Fro-Yo? <laughs> that's the one. Orange Leaf. Orange Leaf, yeah. That's that's the, We're talking Fro-Yo. The, that's you, more my speed. <laughs> we talking frozen yogurt? Um, Dude, peach Wave. There we go, some Peach Wave. Rest in peace. That thing's close. Rest in peace to the Peach Wave. There's an orange leaf on no. 37. So. Yeah, but like Yo Berry and yeah, all these different Froyo places that all had some sort of fruit name. Uh-huh. Orange, orange leaf, peach wave, Yo Berry, and I think there was like apple tree or something like there was some like apple one. Every Angry single one of them out of business. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep flipping the subject. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> there was there was there was like seriously every single time there was yeah. uh, the. Uh, Frozen yogurt craze came and went. I did in a big way. I hit like, that. I hit up the froyo, dude. Mm. But you know what? I don't miss it because every time I have frozen yogurt, I'm like, I wish this was ice cream. It's not much healthier than ice cream either. Yeah. So it's like, why am I, why am I eating this and not just going to get a thing of ice cream? Yeah, it's got a little bit of a tangier flavor, which would probably mm-hmm. do, be due to the fact it's yogurt and not milk. But yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's good. Um. Froyo was forever turned off when my buddy Drew, I went to Peach Wave with him, and he made something so disgusting that he thought was delicious that it actually, every time I think of Froyo, it's all I can think about, and yeah. I can never longer eat it. I believe he did. It was like it was like coffee yogurt with chocolate syrup. No, no it sounds good, but okay. it gets worse. Right. So far, it's good. With bananas, uh, blueberries. Um, like, blueberries. Yeah, yeah. Still, bananas yeah. are probably maybe still work. Yeah, like, but, yeah. But blueberries? Yeah, like the blueberries <laughs> and like strawberries and like caramel sauce. I'm like, that looks horrific to me. And uh, I could it's probably see the, strawberries working. <laughs> you could. But, but the blueberries. It, the, the blueberry <laughs> coffee's a thing. The blueberries through. Oh, cool. 
Huh. But I don't know. It was. Uh, it just looked disgusting, so I've never been into it since. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get this thing kicked off, shall we? Uh, unless you need more time to munch. Need to munch there? I want to munch! Squad! <laughs> <laughs> On today's episode, we're going to talk about Andy Serkis and Colin Farrell apparently being up for roles in the Batman. Who are they supposed to play? We don't know, but we're going to discuss it right now. Um, we're also going to talk about what we watched this week, a crucial staple in every episode of Cinemax. So, of course, we're going to go without that. Um, Martin Scorsese has more thoughts on comic book movies. Uh, we're not going to let it die. Apparently, uh, media won't either. So, yeah, we're going to carry on with that. Also, The Terminator tanked this past weekend at the box office. What does that mean for big franchises going forward? And we're going to talk about what's coming up in the weekend box office, what movies we think you should see, what movies we think you should pass, and which ones we are the most excited for. That's all happening right here, right now. This is Cinemax. Terminator came out. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. kind of excited for it. Yeah, and I, Terminator Terminator came out. Dark Fate. Dark Fate. More like Dark Fart. Ooh. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, but they, uh, yeah, oh, they came out. They came out. Definitely going to want to definitely gonna talk about that. Um, as always, I'm your host, Max Lita, Matt Max Fozzie, joined by my friends Tanner Rush and Jordan Katzer. How are we doing today, boys? So good. You know it. It's good. Uh, our uh, our uh, typical co-host Tim Reichmith is in Atlanta for this week's episode. So we're in uh, Atlanta, fucking off. He's he's got <laughs> he's doing something. He's down in the A, moving cocaine or something. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but no, he's down there for work, and uh, he will be back on next week's episode. So you will be missing uh, Tim's voice on this week's podcast. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's some housekeeping there. We got to get taken care of. Also, oh yeah, actually no, there's a few more things. One, uh, Cinemaxx first anniversary is coming up on November 16th. Will be our number uno. Oh my god, anniversary oh my of the Cinemaxx podcast. We have some exciting things planned. Ooh. <laughs> we, we we have some exciting little treats planned. Uh, what did you get for us, and Max? Some, yeah. um, uh, technically, it's the f- I got you 14th. some of those garlic herb Ritz crackers. Ooh, they're just I, I you know I just think they're a perfect gift for any occasion. What I, I get? weddings. Crackers. What did I get? You got the same thing. You oh my a box God. of Ritz crackers. I won't accept it. Um, but yours aren't garlic herb. Yours are the buffalo wing flavor. Okay, I'll accept it. It's very nice. It goes with many dips. Um, but yeah, guys, <laughs> mainly probably ranch. Ranch. But why would you dip a bu- buffalo cracker? Fuck that. I don't. You know what? I take it back. I would do it. I don't want them. I would do it. I would dip a warm tortilla in sour cream. No. No. <laughs> I've done that. It's not bad. I've done. I've dipped a cold tortilla in it's, sour cream think with Tanner with some hot sauce. I just a want bit of to Verde freaking Vasco. Mm. Turn off my imaginary taste buds for the rest of the night because I'm going to think about that again and it makes me want to gag. <laughs> it shouldn't be, sorry. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a delicacy, I believe. Uh, I mean, I'm not food shaming here. I just... Uh, this is a traditional dish uh, in Mexico. A cold tortilla with hot sauce and sour cream. I don't think it's... I don't it think is. so. It's Dia de los... Where, 
De los Muertos? Mm. That's the one. They'd eat it then, I think. <laughs> That's the traditional 100%. dish. You think? Yeah. Okay. Fucking with you, Tanner. They don't. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> back on back on track from really? our cold tortilla train. Um, yeah, Cinemax like, is having their fir- our their our first anniversary, November sixteenth. Technically, fourteenth. Some... Fourteenth. You're right. So when Sorry. the first step went out, and technically, that episode that we record that week comes out on exactly the one year mark, the fourteenth. Oh shit! Really? I was looking at a calendar. Oh, wow. Well, how about that? So on November 14th, we're celebrating our one-year anniversary. We have some exciting things planned and some exciting things planned for the future of the Cinematic Park, Cinemaxic Podcast. I can't speak today. That uh, I'm rather excited for. Uh, here's something I want you guys to do. If you could, reach out to us at cinemaxticpod at gmail.com. Uh, all of our listeners who would be listening right now, cinemaxticpod at gmail.com. If you can, I would love for you guys to write in what was your favorite moment of year one of the Cinemax podcast? What is your what was your favorite bit? What was your favorite um, piece of poignant uh, movie criticism of ours? I don't know, but what was your favorite thing of the Cinemax podcast this past year? I would love to hear it. We would definitely share it on the one year episode of our, or the one year anniversary of the Cinemaxic Podcast. Again, coming up on November 14th. And uh, like I said, some fun things are planned and we got some fun things for the future. So uh, stay tuned. Those guys are totes going to ride in saying that The Last Jedi was the best. (laughs) (laughs) I would share it, honestly. I would be, I would be, hey, you know what? I'm just happy you you wrote in. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But yeah, guys, that's pretty much something I just wanted to get out there right now. If you guys can reach out to us, that'd be perfect. You can also find us on Cinemaxic Pod on Instagram, Cinemaxic on Twitter. Um, And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear what you guys thought of the first year, favorite moments. Please write in. It'd be great. It'd be great. Um, So diving into today's topics on the podcast, we're going to start it off strong with what did we watch this week? And for me, I watched Friday the 13th. No, 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 no. I watched Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time. Oh. Uh, Freddy Krueger's first appearance in Cinemaxic. Cinem- God damn it, dude. I cannot speak. Cinemac- cinematic history. Mm, there you go. Me, 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 me. The quick brown, la, 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 the quick la, la, brown la, la, fox la. jumped over to the lazy dog. Ow, now, brown cow. Ow, now, brown cow. We just got to get some. Mm. <laughs> mm. Great mic etiquette. I love it. I love it. That was Tanner, by the way. For no, no, no that was god. Tim. Oh my god, um, we're we're off to a rough start. <laughs> um, but yeah, See I watched, what happens when you show up early. That's, I guess so. I'm way out of my element. I don't have my coffee. I don't have my soda. I have nothing to drink. I don't know what's going on. Um, but sorry, Jordan. I watched <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time, a 1980s classic horror film. What did I think of it? Um, it is a 1980s horror film. It's not particularly particularly. It's not very scary. Um, it's more of a nostalgia thing. It's kind of a fun watch at this point because it's not very scary because the 80s scares don't really get you if you've been watching any horror at all in the you know in your lifetime the past 10 years or more. Um, so it's really more of a nostalgia thing. It got me in the mood for spooky season and for Halloween because I watched it on Halloween. Um, and, uh, you know, it was kind of cool to see where that cinematic, cinematic icon came from. 
um, and horror icon came from, and uh, it, it was good. It was good. There was uh, twists and turns, um, you know, very creative death scenes, very creative scares that they were going for. I mean, there were some. Though the movie wasn't necessarily scary, there were some like legitimately disturbing things. Like that scene where have you seen this movie before? Nope. There's a scene where one of the girls. So the whole thing is that Freddy comes into your dreams and he murders you in your spoilers. dreams. If you don't, yeah. <laughs> if you don't, you spoilers oh for, this, for this 40 year old movie. If you do not wake up, he will kill you in your dream, and it actually kills you in real you life. You go to limbo. Yes, and exactly. then only Leonardo DiCaprio Could can pull you. you out. It's actually a part of the Inception. But did you really get out, universe. Oh, Nolan? You but, did uh, it again. But actually, fun theory on that. Fun theory Cut on black. that. But uh, one of the things though is that like this this girl who gets killed is is getting killed by what is seemingly an invisible person um, because she can't wake up out of her dream. But she is moving around in the room like she is in her dream. So she's getting dragged across the ceiling and stuff like that. And weird things are going on. And it's actually pretty freaky. Um, hey, don't you think it was a big missed opportunity not rebooting Nightmare on Elm Street um, when Evanescence was that it's wake me up yep exactly <laughs> oh could have had that in I'm there i'm pretty sure there is i'm pretty sure there is like a 2007 2008 nightmare on elm street that probably that i would I almost be shocked song. if it does not use that well, song. maybe freddie vs jason was out around then freddie vs jason was 2004 so we were i was in grade school at the time when freddie vs jason came out i remember this because there was this kid uh, who I won't say his name, but he was like that kid who always stole shit, who was like really excited about this. Hamburglar? Was it Tim? Yeah, I know. <laughs> he just, you know, what the, you know what grade school kid you're talking about? The guy is kind of like just kind of trashy and he steals your shit all the time. And then when you call him out on it, on it for stealing your Pokemon erasers and throwing them in a ditch, he, he he's like, he's like, that wasn't me. And it's like, yeah, it was. We know it was you. And he like cries and then throws a fit and then eventually has to call his parents and his parents take him out of school for a week. I don't know that I knew that person. That's oddly specific. Mm. But I'm not going to name names. Bart. Um, actually, to be honest with you, I don't know who was. Who it was. Is that a random name or is yeah, that a real name? I, I, I don't know who it was who did this. I actually cannot remember. I just know that happened at my grade mm. school. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Where are we going? I have lost it. But yes, we that were talking was like about Evanescence and. <laughs> His you Evanescence know, and that. Movies. Maybe. Movies. Um, but yeah, uh, no, it was a good movie. Uh, definitely something to watch. I wouldn't watch it any other time besides Halloween time. I, I have no reason to do that. I probably won't watch it again. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it was worth a watch just to pay respects to a horror icon like old Freddy. There's a there's a kind of twisty ending as well, which you're kind of you're caused to look up on Google what's going on after that, which was that's I mean that was nice and unexpected. Usually horror movies have kind of a cliche ending uh-huh. uh, either the person survives or the villain never actually dies um it's kind of a combination of things um so yeah I don't know. check it out check it out um Tanner, I, where'd you watch this week you know i don't think i've watched anything in the past week um i haven't had much of a chance was going to go see the lighthouse this past weekend then that turned into maybe going to see jojo rabbit Mm. but all the showings tonight was going to go out with some people to see it it sold out yeah so we couldn't make it out to that um a few days before halloween i started watching Candyman. 
I've never seen that before. Yep. Started out okay. Yeah. It uh, had a better than I thought. I was going to start out. I'd like to finish it eventually. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of something, by the way, real quick. We uh-huh. brought this up Inception, the ending. He's not in a dream in the end. Uh, someone pointed this out actually on movie details just recently, like this past week on Reddit. What'd they say? When uh, people think that Cobb's totem is the top, it is not the top. No, it's no. His, the totem, the top is his wife's totem. But yeah, yeah. The totem, his totem, is the ring. Is the ring, and he's not wearing, he's wearing his ring in the dreams, and he's not wearing his ring when he's not in a dream. And he's not wearing his ring at the end scene. Oh. The ring in the dream, because he's in a dream, he's still connected to his wife, to Mo, to, to like, he's still married to her in those dreams right. outside of the world. Obviously, she got too far into Inception and ended up falling into the dream. Anyways, Jordan, what'd you watch this week? You said you saw The Lighthouse. What'd you think? I did see The Lighthouse. This wasn't necessarily this week, but it was like... Yeah, I think I talked about it a little bit last week, but, but yeah, saw it... Um, to be honest, hadn't watched anything by the director, what, The Witch? We kind of discussed that. I didn't watch uh-huh, that prior yeah. to. But I kind of knew going into it, it was, kind of be, it was going to be kind of artsy, what the hell, artsy, the hell, yeah. something like that. But it surpassed any of those. As I texted you after the fact, I said, I think I said, like, what the hell was that? <laughs> or what did I just watch or some shit? Um, it was cool to see... It in I think it's like in and by a one by one two one ratio or some shit like that, so almost a com- complete square, and it also being in black and white and it was shot on I think it was shot on film right. Uh, I could I don't know. Was it shot? I assume it was shot on film, and then they may have done something in post to add a little. I'm more pretty sure it was shit. almost 100 percent sure it was actually, I believe it was because people talked about how difficult it was to film on location in Maine where it's cold mm-hmm. and wet and everything like that with film cameras or something like that. I believe I remember reading something about that. So that was good. Um, I mean, the movie, the movie opens pretty much what's in the trailer. <laughs> pretty much, you see him ar- arrive on the island and then he kind of he turned you off. You can you can chew a little bit. There you go. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. keep an eye out for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it some of the scenes, like you don't really see the good scenes within the movie that were in the trailers or you don't see the good scenes that are in the movie in the trailers. So yeah. that, um, that was nice. Um, which also Willem, I should point Willem out. Willem fucking crushed it. Yeah. That's that, that I've heard great things. Pattinson, about that. Pattinson was good, but Willem fucking stole the show. He had a monologue. Like, <laughs> then the like, monologue, you can't even like, understand. I hear it's like really hard. Yeah. To it was tough. It was tough just cause he had the accent and shit like that. But I mean, it, it was crazy because it was, I mean, it was a long monologue. It, you know feel, it, it felt like forever. You know it's a monologue I'm going to have to attempt in his accent at some point on this podcast after I watch it. You're Good right. luck you remembering all the shit he says. I, I'm going to find it on the line. On the, right. I actually already read it. I read the monologue yeah, on the yeah. line, yeah, and I was like, what the hell does this even mean? Yeah. So, Hark. <laughs> yeah, he he crushed it. Um, Which also I should point out, too, you are not a horror movie fan at all. And that that wasn't a horror movie. Yeah, and you didn't find it to be a horror movie. No, no. If it was a horror movie, I would have fucking hated myself after the fact. Was it unsettling? No. 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 You gotta see a mermaid's vagina and... Spoilers! Wow, spoilers! I'm pretty sure he said that in an interview. That's got to be a big a week and a half prior to. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's acted acted very well. Actually, that's that's. What? 
It's that sounds disgusting. <laughs> Mermaid's like gaping vagina. <laughs> <laughs> gaping Tanner. Tanner, just imagine how moist that thing is. This is a family I'm show. Sorry, I'm sorry. This is a family show. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was different. I, like like I said, I walked out of there going like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" But it was good. Something different. Huh. Huh. Artsy. Artsy it is. Well, uh, that's definitely on my watch list. I don't know if I'm going to see it. I think I might go see it. I'm not going to see it tonight. I think I'm going to go see a movie tonight. Don't know if it's going to be The Lighthouse. Might go see uh, Jojo Rabbit or something like that. Or go see Zombieland 2 because I've been putting that off. And that was my most. It's been doing well. And that was like my most anticipated movie of the year because I love the original Zombieland. Because you're number one of your top 10. It was? Because I love Zombieland. Did I give you shit for it? Yep. Okay. You did. did. Good. You did. But, I think we all did. We went what? I, I but I, I just I love that movie. I was like really excited for it. It's it's uh, that's like I mean that's why like for instance when the Pirates of the Caribbean movies announced it's in my top ten most anticipated. I'm just a big fan of the series. Now do they do they live up to it? Uh, the last two no, but you know. Anyways, moving on to in the news this week. In the news this week, um, the biggest news headline that has come out in the past seven days has got to be more Batman casting rumors. Now, it's Batman podcast like that's, again. It sounds like what it's going to be. It's going to be rumor, 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 rumor. Right. Well, I mean. And then the next, like, three weeks will be rumors about that rumor. Right. And then it's going to be like, they turned it down. Then, well, it seems like this stuff. I will say, though, I feel like this stuff moves pretty quick. As soon as we heard that that Jonah was in the running for a character in the Batman, like, within a week, we already dropped it. I know, out. but every goddamn day. I know. Every day. But this one, I, I do find interesting. Apparently, Andy Serkis is in the running to be cast as Alfred in Batman, and Colin Farrell is rumored to be uh, in the running for Penguin. Now, so, these are these are and these aren't like you know just your it's very weird. This isn't comicbooknews.com reporting um, this or something like that. This is like legitimate like Variety and Hollywood Reporter saying that these two are apparently up for these roles. Why would you not? Andy Serkis would be a better Penguin. I think Andy Serkis would be an incredible comic book accurate Penguin, and he doesn't have to be like this big yeah he's got fat that. orb like uh, they made Danny DeVito in Batman Returns, Whoa. but. He has a perfect. <laughs> he has a perfect accent for it. I thought you were gonna say perfect ass. <laughs> he's got, got the that, ass. That ass be popping. He's got perfect the ass. for the penguin. Um, <laughs> Colin Farrell's great. Uh, I, yeah, penguin. He's too. Oh, he's got. He's the too ass. handsome. Well, so if you played, if you played, He's fucking handsome. Now, not not saying handsome. Andy Circus is like ugly or anything, but right. he can. Right, but you could definitely throw some prosthetics yeah. on him, and he would, and he would look great uh, yeah. as the penguin. And, he, and you could definitely hear him getting into that accent yeah. that the penguin would want. So I think he made the most logical sense. But him being Alfred, I'm like, okay, I could see that working too. I guess if they're going for kind of what they did with Jeremy Irons, this not necessarily the Michael Caine. Old scuttling around the building, Alfred, and more of like the Alfred who he's like from the comics, where he's actually like a retired veteran of a elite squad of soldiers, and um, may, I don't know, maybe they're doing that. But Colin Farrell as Penguin, if they're going with the route that like the Batman Telltale games did, where Penguin is some sort of dashing, like charming best friend of I Bruce Wayne that. growing up. Uh, who, you know, their friendship fell apart and he became the penguin. Um, 
but but in name only, not like not like in look, like of a short, squabbly, long nosed guy. Yeah. Um, but like he he I don't know he has penguin themed things going on in his villainous actions and stuff like that. <clears throat> I don't, you know, I like Colin Farrell as an actor. Um, it's cracking me up though, like him taking that role seriously, unless it's something like that where he's like the dashing former best friend of Bruce Wayne. I don't see how that could it's like work. Kind of anyway. like Two Face Hush. I don't know about Hush. I actually have never read the comic, so okay. I, I, I I need to. Yeah, I could see Colin Farrell as like a Two Face. Yeah, well, I think he'd be. I think he'd yeah. be a great Two Face because Colin Farrell has an insane intensity about him when he needs to that is like genuinely horrifying. But he also can be very suave and charming, very John Goodman esque. Like John Goodman is this big, uh, like huggable, lovable guy. But when he wants to be an intense actor, he is absolutely horrifying. Like uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane freaking horrifying in that roseanne rose roseanne (laughs) and he just lays into roseanne he's an abusive husband just suplexing her through the wall just haunting beating the kids Ugh, just the worst but um i could see i could i guess i could see that but i feel like again i feel like that's kind of what two-faces role is to batman like harvey dent is a good friend of bruce wayne Typically, in some in some iterations, most mostly in Batman the Animated Series, who's best friends with Bruce Wayne, and something goes horribly wrong. Turns into Two Face. Toothpaste. But uh, I don't know. I don't these these castings. Out of all of them, these ones seemed a little weird. After they did, I think a perfect casting of Catwoman. They did a perfect casting. I feel. Of I feel like putting in those big names when you're kind of going small. Like Pattinson, I guess yeah. he's big, but he's yeah. kind of backed off and kind of did more yeah. smaller projects. Yeah. Like going with. Less big names, I guess. I, I thought mean, that's the route they're going to go. Well, with. this is this is going to be a cast that is just—it's going to be a freaking loaded cast. Though. Yeah. Robert Pattinson, uh, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano. So far, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright, who is going to be a great Commissioner Gordon. At first, I wasn't sure how I felt about it, mostly just because my heart was breaking that it pretty much meant the DCEU is no more, or Batman certainly isn't going to be a part of it. And like he was officially confirmed this past week, which I thought had happened weeks ago, but rumors. I guess that was just rumor. rumors. Rumors. Um, and then one of the Reddit comments was like, "Well, I guess this means Batgirl's going to be black." And it's like, <laughs> I mean, sure, like. What? <laughs> What's your point? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the point of those those comments are. I mean, I I see if people are like upset that they had like a certain like in their head like this is what I want a live action Batgirl to be like, just like the comics. Yeah. And if they're like they're bummed out that they're not going to get like a like a white redheaded Barbara Gordon, I guess like I could see if someone's a little like. Bothered by it. at the same time, it her, her skin her skin color has nothing to do with the character. It has nothing to do with the character. It could be played by any race. Right. It does not matter. It's it's not like they're going to be playing on different cultural elements either. I bet when they do this, it's just going to be a girl who becomes Batgirl, and if she's just so happens to be black, she happens to be black. I don't understand. Um, it, it makes no sense. And also, the door is still open because in a lot of comics, Jim Gordon's niece is Barbara. He is not the father of Barbara. So that, that I mean, it it doesn't matter, but that could still be a thing. I think, though, too, just thinking of a broader scope of the, like, other than other than Aquaman and, and Aquaman saying something about Steppenwolf and Shazam, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, um, uh, and... What's coming up next? Uh, Birds of Prey, like all those movies. 
there's been no other reference, so I could easily see them just like literally ignoring Justice League, Batman vs Superman, Man of Steel, Suicide Squad, taking Wonder Woman because it only mentioned Bruce Wayne by name. You could have anyone play Bruce Wayne in that unit, and just plunking it together. It's probably not gonna. I don't know. I have no yeah. idea what's gonna happen. Who cares? Just make good movies. That's what I care about now. And it seems like they're doing that. Um, Andy Serkis though is Alfred. I think that could work too. I could see that happening. He, he does. See, now Andy Serkis is a shorter guy, and I've always pictured Alfred as like a taller, like gentleman, like eye to eye with Bruce. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that. But uh, I could see that being a good casting too. It's gonna be interesting. This movie is gonna be star studded, and uh, I don't know. I'm ex- who isn't excited for a new Batman movie? Uh, I, I mean, you'd have to be crazy not to be. That's like the most popular. Martin hero. Scorsese. Martin would have to be Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Not to be, uh, not to be excited about. More that. like Fartin Scorsese. That's right. Speaking of Martin Scorsese, I wanted to play a game this week uh, called Martin Scorsese: True or False. Martin has been in the news a lot lately for his comments on True. the ultra popular, ultra popular uh, MCU and superhero film genre, and. Um, he hasn't been uh, he he hasn't been very popular with with a lot of MCU fans and superhero movie fans. So I wanted to play this game of true or false, where we take the statements that Martin Scorsese has said over the past week and we label them true or false. Is this is there truth to it? Is is it completely false? Is it completely true? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's do it. Um, are Marvel movies basically cinematic cinematic theme parks? For me. I think that's actually pretty spot on. It's a it's a new genre, and it's a theme park. It's it's go, it's playing on positive sensibilities, um, and it's playing on spectacle. Uh, it's high budget, lots of CGI. I agree. I think Martin was right. It's creating its own like art form, and I could definitely see how he would say it's a it's. They're basically cinematic theme parks. What do you guys think? Do you think true, Tanner? Or do you think Do false? I think he said, he said this, this or do I agree with him? Do you agree with it? True or false? Is that a false uh, statement or is it a true statement that they are cinematic theme parks? Cinematic theme parks. And let's just say, let's just, and let's not even go with like, ah, oh, it's kind of true, it's kind of false. Let's just say, what are you leaning towards most and explain why you're leaning towards that most? Because there is some truth and there's some falsities to, to the statement, no matter what. But let's just lean towards what you're thinking most. I'm going to say false. Because um, when you say theme park, to me, that implies that there is a focus on style rather than substance. Just sheer spectacle. Which, I mean, spectacle is a huge part of superhero films. But, I mean, there's still telling stories there's still character arcs there's heart to these that there's there's a grander point in these movies i mean it's not necessarily saying anything particularly new or nuanced or deep but i mean as action adventure movies primarily consumed by young adults and children they're fine yeah. Yeah. And now this is like talking about superhero movies too as like a genre. So this is DC, this is MCU, yeah. this is yeah, like yeah, yeah. any spin-off superhero movie, Watchmen, all that. He's kind of putting it all under that same umbrella. 
um, I think there's definitely different genres in, like different uh, properties in the superhero genre that probably come off more theme park than others. I would not, like, I would not say the Dark Knight trilogy is a theme park. I would not say, um, mm. I would not say Logan is a theme park. I would not say uh, Joker is a theme park. Uh, but well, there's a, there's a another question on that, just based on uh, on this. Is he is but, he maybe yeah. saying this because? any like these days with those movies you don't have a complete story with one in one film right no it's because it's drawn out throughout no. fucking I mean, six to ten fucking films yeah. where you get the ending mm-hmm. at that tenth film is that like so do you think true or false then on that? i'd say false you say false yeah yeah i mean that's he he i think he is making a point on that um but I think this also carries on to our second, like, true or false thing. So these movies always are going on to the next thing. Martin has said recently this week that he doesn't believe there's any risk. There's no risk in these in these superhero movies. Now, this is talking about a genre in general. Um, true or false? I am going to say... True. It's, I'm going to say true and false. It just depends on the type of superhero movie. If we're talking MCU, let's just be honest, whether you enjoy them or not. There is there is one main character who there's two main characters who die in the entire like thirty film arc, and it happens in the last movie. The main main characters who are at the center of these movies pretty much every single time. There's only two of them who die, and they die in the last movie. So when you get like twenty movies in a row that don't have like someone dying or don't play the risk of someone dying you do start to believe that there's no risk. But then you don't see... That's not the case, though, with a movie like Logan or Joker or something like that. But I'm going to say true. I don't think... I'm going to say true and false. Some of them really do have no risk. The most popular one in the in the genre, MCU, I do not believe offers much for risk. Um, did the last movie pay off with that? I think it did. There was a lot of risk. You didn't know who was actually... Now are we talking die. risk within the films? Or are we talking risk in actually producing... What are producing you considering him? by risk here, just... Well, stakes or well, stakes, but boundary I think pushing. Coming, I think, but I, I think, I think stakes is more more along the lines. I don't feel like there's much stakes because we all know at the end of the movie, Ant Man. At the end of Ant Man movie, Ant Man's gonna live and his friends are gonna live, and we know that for pretty much every single one, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Iron Man two, three, Captain America one, two, and three. It's I didn't feel a sense of of risk. Or stakes in these type of movies. There are different ones I do, but with the MCU, I don't. And that I don't is, think that's what Martin's saying when he I says risk, though. I think he's talking about pushing like artistic kind of boundaries and I, he could mean that I, something I, I, innovative. I think both. He could be meaning both, but I, I agree that perhaps. could be it. Um, in that case, you do think there's certain movies that just have a formula they roll. With. I mean, I oh, think yeah. the MCU whether or not you want to criticize how sort of formulaic the origin stories yeah. got MCU has to be one of the riskiest things ever done in filmmaking oh, having yeah. these agree. many interconnected movies having that much consistent quality over them in terms of content and how every yeah. movie just beats the previous movies like box office record and it's all paid off but like you would have gone back you know, when the rumors of, like, all these movies coming up building the first Avengers, 
that was the craziest shit I'd ever heard of. Yeah. And that movie blew me away. Just seeing all these different oh, characters incredible. that had been in yeah. different movies together. Like, maybe that wasn't the first movie to have done that. I think someone pointed out something else kind of did that maybe prior. X-Men? But even then, like, that was... That was the coolest that thing. That was wild. That was one of the coolest things ever, dude. You'd seen every... like. Oh my god! All these heroes had their own separate movie, and they're coming together in a movie together. This is the first time this has ever happened. This is so bizarre, and it was Avengers was amazing. It was so good, and it kicked off like the superhero bubble we're in. Like there was nothing guaranteed about the MCU's success when it started. I agree, Tanner. In terms of concept, one of the riskiest things ever. There was a lot of money involved in this, Um, and it's told a grand massive uh story also like getting like telling the story and making sure the actors are on board for every single one of them that's a huge risk like you know in the past in like the 80s and 90s you never know there they may have been like oh well if this was like taken back then it's like oh man robert downey's not available for iron man in this one can we get tom cruise to do it and just fill in it's stuff like that like easily could have happened it's just crazy how they're able to pull it off yeah i mean and again like other than sort of just the concept of a cinematic universe. Is there anything like particularly artistic about any of them? No, not really. But um, I think it's, it's disingenuous to imply that there was no risk taking involved yeah. at any point with the MCU. No, I agree. Or even anything DC's yeah. done. DC tries to be edgier and stuff, and no, I mean, with hasn't the, really paid off. With but the, with the DC EU, there, yeah, there's not really. I mean, Suicide Squad tried to give you risk, and like, I don't care about any of these characters, and they died, and I don't, I don't really care. Uh, Batman vs Superman jumped the gun on Superman's death by at least five movies. If they were attempting to build towards this, it was, it was, what. The, what they did in their second movie is what they did was what Marvel did with Iron Man after their like twenty fifth movie. So that was like that that was the most annoying thing. And it would have honestly, in my opinion, I think it would have stung more in Endgame if Captain America was the one who sacrificed himself. I thought they were both gonna die. Yeah, that's so too. I, I I thought one or the other was gonna die. I did not think they would kill off both. But I understood why they went with that. But honestly, I think if they wanted to go with the emotional punch. The most emotional Cap. punch. I think Cap is the one who has to go. And that's what they could have done with Superman because Superman's the Boy Scout, right? Just like Captain America is the Boy Scout. Mm, and but I don't know. Tony, jump- was, Tony was always the heart of the MCU. Like, yeah. it, the entire thing rests on the success of the first See, Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. I, I, I agree, but I think, I don't know. I, I, I thought was, what I didn't like was that like he sacrificed himself in Avengers one. And I just felt I, that was the one thing I actually had an issue with. He, he literally sacrifices his life in Avengers one, but survives. And then he sacrifices his life again in Avengers four. And I, and like, I thought they were playing on this whole like redemption. Anyone can turn around. Like he, he already did this before. He already sacrificed his life before to try and save the world. So it's was like, for me, that took away from some of the emotional punch of him doing it again. I'm like, He's already done this. So if it was like Captain America this time, like saving Tony from trying to do it again, I would have, that's something I would like, like Tony going to do it. And then like maybe Cap, like stopping his hand from snapping. And then like, I don't know, ripping the glove off himself and putting it on and doing, I don't know. That probably would have been cheesy. There's some cheesy moments, but it's anyways, that's why I thought, but yeah, I don't know. 
in terms of concept, I think there's way more risk to be said about superhero movies than not. In terms of storytelling and uh, emotional risk and stakes, I think it's very much up in the air. I think it probably leans towards true. Um, if it's talking conceptually, I think it's definitely false. Um, that's my opinion. Now, Jordan, you have anything you want to say on that before we move on to the next one? No. <laughs> <laughs> and no. finally, he, Martin was asked, would you include the Joker in like this theme park thing? And then he said, one of the most ignorant things I feel like a, a, a world-renowned director could say, and he said, yes. He's like, that's, you know, it's another, it's playing on the fantastical. I'm like, that is so unbelievably ignorant. You haven't even, I mean, you could probably take a look at the Marvel posters and say, yeah, that's like, look at these bright colors, and this guy's in a robot suit, and that's a big, big-ass purple alien. And yeah, say like, these are playing on the fantastical. But you don't, you haven't even watched Joker. There's not a single superhero thing about that movie. Yeah. Not one. You could you could easily take Joker off of the poster and just say clown or something no. and make it about a guy who works for a clown company and then ends up leading a riot of clowns and make it say it's playing on today's potential riot cap like these, you know. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like the build up of tension and political tension and it wouldn't have even missed a step. You wouldn't have even thought it was Joker at all. It just he put in he calls himself Joker, and that was the only thing really that made it a superhero movie at all. Yeah. So, I thought that was totally ignorant. Thought it was completely false, and um, I I don't see it at all as a theme park ride. Would you think the Joker was a theme park ride? Oh, no. Did no. you leave thinking a theme park was going on? Like, not wow, at that all. was a bunch of fun. I just got off the Mamba. Yeah. No, not at all. I just I I I think that's where Martin's. A little like is is wrong and messed up is that he's taking a broad stroke and placing everything it has to do with any superhero thing and putting it into one barrel and in reality um it's it's not even close not even close so i don't know i thought that was that, i thought that was an interesting bit and then when he said that i think he exposed himself there as someone who's actually coming off more ignorant than someone who's speaking with knowledge on these movies yeah um so yeah, I mean, and I agree with a lot of the things he said. As someone who said seen pretty much every Marvel movie besides Thor one, two, Ant Man two, and Captain Marvel, those are the only movies I haven't seen from hmm. Marvel. So I've seen all. No, I haven't seen Spider Man Far From Home. Shit. You haven't seen Far From uh, Home. I yet? still haven't seen Far From Holy Home. Holy shit, man! You should watch that tonight. I'd like to. You going to bed? Tanner's got prior engagements. <laughs> <laughs> no. Going, uh, going jogging later. Going on, a, going on a night run. It's uh, gonna be cold. Yeah, wind's already blowing through um, the cold front. Yeah, we'll see. And for the <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and for the final topic of today's podcast, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, Terminator is tanking hard. See, yeah. when you say tanking, though, like Rotten Tomatoes only at seventy one percent. No, no, box office. Oh, they are okay. expected to lose one hundred and fifty million dollars. On this movie, that'll happen. A staple. <laughs> I mean, when you try to rely on the name yeah, alone, yeah, a staple franchise, and it is doing well. The fans are loving it, and the critics are enjoying it, which is the first Terminator movie critics have enjoyed since Terminator Two. Um, but it's tanking. It's tanking, and I think there's a couple things. One, Terminator has been putting out enough content, and I don't think it has as much fans as they think they do from the '80s carrying into this movie. 
Um, so there's a little bit of an exhaustion from it. Like, how many Terminator movies do we need? And besides, the last one didn't come out. That Terminator Genesis came out, what, four years ago? And it was garbage. Has it been four years? I think it's been four years, and it was terrible. And they already put out a new movie that apparently ignores everything in Genesis. Or does it? I don't know. It doesn't, It does. it's like, it kind of skips over it. And people are thinking, I didn't like Genesis. The general audience is like, I don't like Genesis. It's Dark Fate following up on Genesis. The general audience is not going out of their way to figure this out. Yeah. They're not going out of their way to figure out what's canon in the Terminator universe. Um, what's going on? Nothing. You guys are making eyes at each other. Just texting your mom. Yeah, <laughs> and I. We're in a group chat together. Oh, <laughs> group chat with Max's mom. <laughs> oh, all right. Just um, kidding. Sorry. No, I know. I know. I'm sorry. I know. You don't have to apologize. That is fine. <laughs> no, that's funny. Um, but yeah, that's really funny. Did your um, mom listen to these? Why'd you say? Why'd you say like some sort of backcountry? She does now. Does Wait. your mom listen to these? <laughs> I. <laughs> Does your mom listen to these? It's the soda. My throat got like a little out of nowhere. Flemmy oh there. Oh my god! Um, but I uh, back to the back to the topic at hand. Just to get past this, I think it's a part of exhaustion. General audience being confused by the continuity of this. Is it a sequel to Genesis? Is it not? They're not going to go out of their way. The general audience isn't going out of their way to research that and find it out. And it's probably harder to find out than you know it would be for like a Star Wars movie. And three, movies keep having to have these massive-ass budgets. Like Terminator was created on probably a relatively small budget and as an all-time classic. Same with Terminator 2. You can do prosthetics. You can do practical effects and get your point across and get a you know, have a big successful movie. Look at Deadpool. Look at Joker. You don't, you're hardly using any CGI. You can do that with with a, an R-rated film with a big franchise and save some money, have just as successful as a product, and make boatloads of it. But now, as someone who has literally never seen a single Terminator movie in my life... Um, you haven't seen a single one? Not a single one. Then go watch one and two at least. I know, I know, I need to. Um, it just looks Those like worth this. It. This probably is like do, it's probably doing what the Mummy did. Here's this big new. We're gonna do this big new series of movies. It tanks. It also was not well received by fans or critics. That just added to it. Cancels a whole series of movies. Now Terminator actually makes a good movie, but because of its past misgivings, it's probably gonna put the franchise on ice for quite some time and we might not see a sequel i don't even know if dark fate's like a good movie i for most part people are saying to go see it they're saying if you're a terminator fan you will like this movie they think it's the best one since d2 by far yeah but i mean did you see salvation or genesis salvation was what's his face christian bale Bale. and uh, that's the only one he did correct yeah Yeah. i have not seen a single terminator movie no I said that. I said that about yeah, four minutes ago. You, need, <laughs> you haven't seen a single one. Like, go watch one and two. Yeah, I even thought Salvation was all right. Salvation was okay. It had it had Christian Bale. Who's the the kid? Yevick, not Yevick. Oh, and, uh, yeah, the weird name, yeah. Russian dude. Um, Anton Yelkin. Yes, thank you. Who? R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, but Genesis was so bad. What? Who was in Genesis? Uh, Amelia Clark. And, um, uh, fuck, what's his name? Captain Boomerang. Um, Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. I don't know who the fuck that is. 
Uh, he's generic. Yeah. Generic man. <laughs> yeah. They, they, paid, they paid a million. They needed a generic man. I mean, man. even Terminator 3 wasn't, like, great. Yeah. Just, yeah, they just, just need good. to stop. They need to stop. Because every movie renders every movie that came before it pointless. You know what this whole thing was missing is James Cameron produced it. He's executive produced it. He was very involved in the film. Just, you know, freaking direct it, man. Your name stamped on there is going to bring in tons of money anyway. So, like, just stamp your name on it, like, as director. Because it, it's not enough to just be a producer. Look yeah. at look at Alita. That didn't, I mean, he was, like, literally all over the promotion for that, but wasn't the director, and therefore Alita didn't make well, as much money as you'd want. Yeah, and, like, all these people you think should care are very non-committal to the Terminator franchise. Like, even Arnold Schwarzenegger, because um, he's an active Reddit user, yeah. so you see him pop up every now and then in movies, and the movie subreddit. And it's like when Genesis came out, he wasn't really in Salvation, I don't think. No. but They, they may have CGI'd. Yeah, he was like, oh, this is a real Terminator sequel. Yeah. And then, you know, that movie was shit. And then once, you know talk of dark fate started he was like no this is a real terminator sequel <laughs> yeah it's like fuck off and now he's already, like, he, he, yeah and he, and these he movies started, are all bad yeah and then he started backtracking even then he's like yeah hey, man, hold on this is gonna be well received and you're already backtracking just in case he's like oh this is more of the director's vision and uh he had a way more hands-on approach and, and you know wasn't as collaborative and i was like shut the hell up james cameron go work on your blue people series you have like 19 sequels in development and it's coming 12 years after the first one was released. When is that even supposed jackass. to come out? Oh, that next year. Next Christmas. Is it next year? I believe it's next Christmas. Damn. I can't believe all the movies James Cameron could have made this time. <laughs> but he's just making a fuck ton of Avatar sequels that no one cares about. But I actually, okay, I liked Avatar. I, I think it's too. a good movie. I, I have no. I think it's because it did stuff that was never, in my mind, was yeah. never done before. I have like, no issue. Yeah, and I have no issues with it. Like just visually. Am I excited for a sequel? No, but I, you know, I wonder. If, you want to yeah, no, talk about a movie that's a theme park ride? That's fucking Avatar. Avatar. It's good. It's just ooh, pretty three D colors. It's good. That's what I enjoyed it's, about it, Tanner. <sighs> it's okay. Acting was subpar. Yeah, like everything that matters <laughs> was much, wasn't pretty, that great. Pretty, pretty much visuals is what. Yeah. Yeah, All it did was make me want to play WoW. Because the planet reminded me of uh, Zangar Marsh and the Burning Crusade. Mm. So it was like, oh, I just yeah. remember being yeah. like really weirded yeah, out. I, <laughs> I was really weirded out by uh, Sigourney Weaver's character in that. Like when I first like just saw her, and she was like a blue, lanky person dressed in human clothes. And I was like, what is going on? Did it w- here? Awaken something in you? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Anyways, uh, last topic of the day, weekend box office, some big movies uh, hitting, one big movie, actually, one big movie's hitting this weekend. It's uh, Doctor Sleep. Wait, no, that's already out. That's already out. What is, this is, ne- this is, you, this is, an idiot. Movie. <laughs> oh, Ford vs. Ferrari is hitting theaters. Huge what? movie. What is that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that I know, is, Everyone I know is talking massive. about Ford v. Ferrari. Uh... Uh, Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels. Oh, that's gonna be awful. Uh, the report with Adam Driver, which looks pretty good. It's about the. Uh, it's about the. Uh, it's about that. The, the report. 
FBI agent Daniel <laughs> Jones. Can like, I get that uh, report T- by T- the T- end T-S of the report? day? Yeah. Oh, it's FBI agent Daniel Jones performs an exhaustive investigation into the CIA's use of torture on suspected terrorists. Oh. It's actually supposed oh, to be Oh, the good. waterboarding scandal, I think. Yeah, right? yeah this, that's supposed to be pretty good. But uh, yeah, actually, there's there's not many big movies coming at all. It uh, looks like The Irishman's coming to theaters locally, but not like many. It's a very limited run, and this movie has great reviews. Can't wait for that to hit Netflix. That's going to be like Netflix. That. Wasn't that a Netflix thing? Yeah, that's going to be a big one for Netflix, man. That is going to be... Which is also funny. Martin Scorsese hated on Netflix, but he hates on him until he's like, actually a part of it. He's like, oh, you know, I like it now. Oh, no, Martin Angels Scorsese is just an old man yelling at kids to get off his lawn. Which is funny that he also mentioned that yeah. they're theme parks when he's de-aging Robert De Niro and uh, uh, Al Pacino. And... I don't think his theme park is necessarily criticizing the use of CGI. Yeah, I think it's cool. about spectacle, and I don't think a de-aged Robert De Niro is particularly spectacular. But um, I, I, I bring this up. How cool would it be? If, like, the technology is there, I mean, I don't know if this would be cool or not, but what if they did this? What if they did, like, some sort of Luke Skywalker show or movie with about Martin, getting some relics? Mar- with Mark Hamill, like, a CGI face onto, like, a body double who's actually doing the body acting, but Mark Hamill's. What if we got to a point like that? Man, someday? we will, but. We will. Yeah. Well, I just read um, apparently there's some Vietnam War movie coming out, and it's going to be starring a CGI. Um, I saw this. James Dean. Yeah. Huh. I, I don't understand why. <laughs> like, why? Which is pretty wild. He's dead. Yeah. That's Very terrible. It, like, Chris Evans put out a tweet about it, like, totally saying it's terrible. And I guarantee you this movie does not happen. Because that that this is if Chris, I mean, it's just people are going to start rioting again. You know, the Twitter mobs are going to come out, and I probably they're going to cancel the movie because they're like, "Oh, this one hundred thousand group of people over here don't like us very much. We got to cancel this whole." You know how it works. Anyways, that is uh, that. Pretty much was that was all the topics we had listed. I want to see Doctor Sleep. I want to see Doctor Sleep. As you win. Well. I heard it's good, and as just being a good sequel, like it's not trying. Yeah. It it goes from The Shining does its own thing, which is what which is also, sequels should do. Which people really like, too, is that it serves as a sequel not only to the actual Shining movie, but it also is a sequel to the Shining book as well. So it takes some of the book sensibilities that didn't make it into the movie, because Stephen King infamously does not like uh, The Shining uh, that Alfred Hitchcock did stanley kubrick stanley kubrick did um one or the other uh stanley kubrick did very different <laughs> one of <laughs> <Yeah>. the same <laughs> uh that he he infamously did not like it and he says this this redeems the stanley kubrick hmm. the shiny which of course it didn't need redeeming from a lot of people because it's a great classic film yeah. already but it's like it's it serves as a sequel to the actual physical Shining book and to the movie at the same time. So it's it's uh, people are really pumped about that. And Ewan McGregor, he's everywhere right now, man. Got his Obi Wan series. It's also a sequel to Green Eggs and Ham, which is real weird how they work that in. But um, the Doctor Seuss book. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Um. Yeah, but yeah, Ewan, he's everywhere now, man. He's so hot right now. He's so hot right now. I'm glad for the Ewan McGregor renaissance we're in. Yeah, yeah. Obi-Wan, 
He hasn't aged a day since. Looks the exact same. Yeah. He's actually aged perfectly for his Obi Wan series too, which is just gonna be handsome devil. French uh, chef's kiss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God, I can't wait for that. It's gonna be so good. I have this idea about that, but I'll tell you later. Um, But I think that's gonna do it for today's episode, boys. Uh, We we uh, got through uh, got through these topics and uh, had a great discussion today. Uh, uh, Sorry, is uh, Disney Plus? Is that next week? Next week, the twelfth. Next week. Uh, Mandalorian also debuts with it. Uh, you're just talking Star Wars, so that was. I was yeah, like, no, yeah. Fucking. Yep, Disney Plus is coming, and uh, we'll definitely have all the Mandalorian coverage for you over on the Force Vision podcast. Uh, that's going to be a big, big episode. Uh, big, big episode because there's a lot to talk about. I'm excited. Excited. Um, as always, guys, I'm your host, Max Leadham at Max Fozzie, for my friend Tanner Rush at Danger Rush, and my friend Jordan Katzer, J Katz on the ones and twos. Mm hmm. Um, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe and like this podcast. You can follow us on Cinemaxic Pod at, uh, on Instagram at Cinemaxic Pod, Cinemaxic on Twitter. And uh, definitely, guys, be sure to write in those emails uh, about your favorite moments in the year of the Cinemaxic Podcast. Celebrating our one year anniversary on November 14th. We're really excited. Again, have some really cool things coming that uh, should be fun. Should, uh, should uh, you know, fresh things up. It's going to be a good time. So, as always, thanks again, and watch on. Bye. Bye.